that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus, Jesus says to her, your brother, your brother will rise again. Martha, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again. statement when he says, I am the resurrection. He's not teaching her about a religious formula. He's not teaching her about what we believe. He's saying, the resurrection that you're looking for, it's me. I am the resurrection. In other words, the journey begins in one place, with the person of Jesus Christ. Not so much teaching about resurrection or teaching about the religion, but with the person He's confident enough to take that pronoun and place it right there in the subject of that sentence. He doesn't say the resurrection is like this or the resurrection is like that. He says, I am the resurrection. You know, it's as simple as that. My entire message could be encapsulated in that one thing. I am the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. Okay, he continues on in verse 26. Everybody who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. And when she said this, she went away, and she called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, The teacher is here, and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him, fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? Look, pastor, I gave it the good old college try. You said, reboot my search for God. You said, strive or persist in my... I've tried out this religion thing and look where, look where it ended up. Look what happened. My brother died. My journey ended. It's all done. It ended right here. And you've asked me to start this journey, but it ended. My response to that is who said it ended? Who says the journey ends? Who said the journey ended? It's kind of like this. What we expect to be the end, the limits, it, it, it reminds me of the story of Christopher Columbus. In Spain, there's a, there's a monument to Christopher Columbus. And this monument contains three words. The three words say, ne plu 
ultra. It's Latin. Latin for no more beyond. We'll just say it in English. No more beyond. But with those three words, there's a, in this statue, in this monument, there's a lion. And the lion is pulling away the word no. And it's destroying the word no. Now, you understand this is a monument to Christopher Columbus. At that time, they believed beyond the, Pacific o- um, beyond the Atlantic Ocean, there's no more beyond. But as this lion is pulling away, this, the message that's left behind is more beyond. More beyond. Always something more beyond. What we're seeing in the resurrection, as Jesus resurrects this, this man Lazarus, is him finally revealing his cards. In a sense, showing what's going to happen. Showing, foreshadowing the punchline of the entire Gospel of John. And the punchline is this. You thought that you had this game in the bag with your royal flush. You thought that the game was over. We thought that it ended. But I want to show you that there's more beyond. And he reveals his hand. And whatever beats a royal flush, of course, it's impossible. Or you're bluffing. But that's the point. The finality of death. There is still yet something else that trumps that finality. Of course, I mean, I can't compare death to a straight flush. I can't compare death to, you know, three of a kind. It is the ultimate, the, the end all of all things. It is the final thing. But for Jesus here to show his hand, he's communicating there is more beyond. There is more beyond. That's really the essence of Christianity right there. That in itself is the punchline and the central idea of Christianity. With the resurrection of Jesus, there is more beyond. Today, I cannot prove to you scientifically, I cannot prove to you empirically or with any kind of physiological evidence, but what I can do is approach this philosophically. Think about the resurrection. Let's just take it philosophically. If indeed the idea of resurrection is central to the Christian faith, if indeed resurrection is the one linchpin that holds the whole thing together, now whether you believe in it or not, if indeed resurrection is the central thing, then philosophically speaking, Christianity is a religion of undying optimism, and of enduring hope. It's the religion that says even the trump card must have something that trumps it. The resurrection says that there is something, in fact, there is more beyond. The resurrection says that there is always, always hope. There is always an undying Now, you might respond and say, there, aren't there other religions that believe in the afterlife? I mean, how is this different from any other religion? How is the Christian religion more hopeful? How is the Christian religion any more hopeful than any religion that believes in the afterlife? Um, and my answer to that is three things that I'd just like to highlight the uniqueness of the Christian religion. Here's the difference about the Christian resurrection. A. The Christian resurrection, it affirms redemption. 
When we talk about resurrection in the Christian faith, it talks about this idea of redemption. Not this idea that you or you are so imperfect that we have to completely obliterate you and that you'll start over in this new life or you'll be... The Christian essential message of resurrection is one of redeeming. That is to say, who you are, who you are, will live again. Who you are in your identity, who you are, gets a second chance. This is the heart message of Christianity. It's not destruction and recreation as much as it is redemption. B, Christian resurrection affirms reunion. It's not just about one singular spark or solitary advancement or journeying alone. It is about gathering together. It is about the afterlife where family is reunited. This is the Christian hope. And C, Christian resurrection affirms rediscovery. It affirms rediscovery because the afterlife in the Christian resurrection is not one where your spirit will just float off. The Christian resurrection, and in fact, we see Martha hinting at it on the last day, is a day where you get to be made perfect, where you get to walk again, where the troubled parts of our lives get, as it were, fixed. So let me share a story. This week I was listening to the radio and I heard about a woman who ever since childhood had lived um, in a state of drug dependence. Um, she had been abused as early as eight years old, had watched her mother um, abusing drugs her entire childhood and by the age of 16 was addicted herself. After 35 years of drug use, she finally came to a place where she looked in the mirror one day and she said, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. And as she looked at herself in the mirror, and as she stared in the mirror, she said this, I like you. I'd like to find out who you are. I'd like to discover finally who you are. That sounds gospel to me. It's gospel because the Christian resurrection is one of rediscovery. It's about becoming fully and completely you. The Christian resurrection is not about erasing who you are. It's not about disappearing and just floating up into the sky. The Christian resurrection is primarily one of resurrection from the dead. These bodies perishable but raised imperishable. Any imperfection that you may have had in this lifetime, that gets fixed again, as it were. This story of resurrection is about rediscovery. It is about realizing who you are. This is the Christian hope. So I've attempted to tackle it from a philosophical standpoint. Look, is this not something that sounds like it's unbeatable almost? Isn't this something that sounds like it's undyingly optimistic, something that is enduring as a hope? It's an undying hope.
the chance to rediscover who you are. Let's continue with this third and last heading, where the streets have no name. John chapter 11, verse 38 to 44. So Jesus, again being deeply moved within, he came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, Remove the stone. And Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And so they removed the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it, so that they may believe that you sent me. And when Jesus said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who had died came forth, bound, hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. And thereafter we see that the Jews had witnessed this and had believed. In the conclusion of the story, what we see is the final trump card, the final hand that's laid out the royal flush, the finality of death, and what we see is Jesus in a prelude to his own resurrection, showing that there is more beyond, showing even greater, an even greater hand. Let's try this. It's a last exercise, an exercise in hope. No more beyond. If you would just write those words down at the bottom of your notes. And see what happens if you were to just cross out the word no. No more beyond. The finality of death. What, what you get is what you get. When you're gone, oh, who was saying this even just yesterday? It was Kyle. I mean, the scary thing about death is its infiniteness. It's final. There is nothing beyond there is nothing after death. But for Jesus, in this display, in this prelude to his own resurrection, he's saying there is more. Now whether you believe in the resurrection or not, is that still not a, a message of hope? Is that in itself still compelling? All this stuff that I've been talking about, what happens to us in the belief that we too, with Jesus, the first of many brothers and sisters, we will rise with him. Isn't that the only hope that we have. Because after a couple of years, just dwelling on the stage together with Vladimir and Estragon, waiting for Godot, what other option do we have? What other option do we have but to just wait around, entertain ourselves, cook an omelet? Even at one point, Vladimir and Estragon, they hang a noose. The message today is whether you are convinced or not of the resurrection, there is an option. There is a hope. And that's the story that we've read today. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Three things really quickly that I just want to close off with. What is the big deal? I mean, a man rose from the dead. That's what you believe. What does that mean? What's the significance of of this man Jesus rising from the dead. Three things. Number one, it reboots the system. 
it reboots the system. And what that means is this, it's this notion where, where Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. You see some accompanying verses there. Paul says, through one man, sin entered the world and thus death. He talks about Adam. Jesus reboots the system. This is theology. Now, forgive me, but this is important stuff. By Jesus rising from the dead, he becomes the one man that brings life back into the world. So according to the Christian, Judeo-Christian belief, through one man, Adam, sin and death enters to the world, Jesus reboots the system. One man, life comes back into the world. That's the first thing. The second thing that the resurrection does is it resets the bone. It resets the bone. Look, none of us here are perfect. And we come to church, of course, you know, all tidy, especially on Easter Sunday. My kids were wearing bow ties and, you know, the white dress this morning. But the reality is all of us, in one way or another, have something that's broken, that's contorted, that's off. There's something in you that's seriously jacked up. How do I know that? Because I'm human too. And what the Christian resurrection or the resurrection of Jesus does is it takes that bone and says, look, I know this is going to hurt, but... And it resets the bone so that you can live the rest of your life in a better way, in a more healed way. It is that first step out the door like Bilbo Baggins. The affirmative step towards faith, in a sense, it's resetting the bone and saying, I'm going to see if I can live my life differently. The resurrection of Jesus actually says, yes, you can. Live it differently so that as that bone heals, and after 13 years of marriage to my wife and 13 years of selfishness, after 38 years of living for nobody but myself, the more I've grown in the Christian faith, of course I'm not perfect. Now, of course, we're all in the same boat. But something has happened with the resurrection. That with that day when, you, when I said, this is the beginning, I've placed my trust in my higher power, which is Jesus Christ, the bone, it gets reset. And you're on the road to this thing called recovery. Progress. Healing. It starts there. With the resurrection, he resets the bone the third and the last thing that this resurrection of Jesus is about is simply this repealing death. He repealed death. And again, whether you believe in that or not, it's your option. We're on the stage of life. If Beckett was right and all of this is meaningless and absurd, then the play will be over shortly. It'll be over soon enough and all of it indeed will have been meaningless. But there is a hope. There is a hope. And sometimes, like the sinking, you know, the sinking sailor, it's the best thing that you have to grab onto. It's the only thing. And that's what I want to invite you today. This hope that we don't have to live on this stage and one day the play will be over and we'll all have meant nothing. The hope is that there is a meaning, that there is purpose, the hope, the lifeline is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I can't compel you, I can't convince you, but 
I can invite you. And that's what I want to do at this time. Tell you what. Today is the most important day for me personally. Not to make it about me. And as I prepared this message, time and time again, I'm coming back. I'm saying, how can I convince people about the resurrection? How can I convince people, whether it's philosophically or, you know, how can I make a convincing appeal? The fact of the matter is, I can't. Nobody can prove the resurrection. Billy Graham could not prove the resurrection and convince you today. But there is this thing that is called the Holy Spirit. And the truth is, I can't convince you, but on the stage of life, there are not that many options. Something is going to convince you. Something sooner or later will come to you and say, are you ready yet? Something sooner or later will say, here's a lifeline. Do you want to hold on to it? And you might flounder a little bit longer. When I was in college, I shared this last Sunday, I studied at the New School for Social Research. I mean, you can't get more progressive than that. And as I was lost in the waves and tossed here and there by this worldview, that ideology, I didn't know what I believed in, but I held on to this one rope and was able to come out all the more believing, understanding, And in many ways, as I said last Sunday, seeing the world a lot more clearly, seeing more clearly than I ever did. The point is this, I can't compel you to the Christian message, but I believe Jesus can. I believe reading through this gospel as we've done for the last seven weeks, that will compel you. The story of who this man was and then the punchline, what, he rose again from the dead? That, I think, is the compelling piece. That, I think, is the most important part of this story. And if that, and if he is who he claims to be, then what does that mean for me today? Is it possible that the bone can be reset? Is it possible that there is a different life on the other side? Is it possible that there is a hope? Well, that's what I'm inviting you to now. So at this time, if we could close our eyes, if I could invite the worship team back up, That's the simple punchline. Maybe there is another hand. (laughs) Maybe there is something greater than the royal flush of death. Maybe there is a new life. 